This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce and Joyce. We're just chatting here. A, a, a lull, it seems. There was no like emancipation like uh, news break or Michelle Williams. Were, were you bracing for something on Columbus Day? I guess so. Uh, I don't know. Nothing happened though. But we have a lot to talk about because uh, we saw the movie Till last week. Uh, Tar opened in theaters. Uh, a lot of fun things at New York Film Festival. But Till, Joyce, we saw it in the same room. We did not sit next to each other though. I came in right before no, it started. We didn't, which is fine. Yeah. I don't care. I don't need people around me. So. No. It's fine. I sat in the back. A very nice screening. Uh, what you think of, of Till after we, we kind of went in expecting it to be uh, very forward facing for Daniel Deadweiler as a best actress contender after the response from the premiere at the New York Film Festival. And uh, how'd that pay off for you? Um, again, just like with Fableman's, nothing changed for me. Yeah. Just like that. That was kind of what was advertised with Till. Um, also with the, like you said, the reviews from... Uh, it's premiere like last weekend or two weekends ago, I guess now. Um, yeah, it's it's just like Danielle Deadweiler's movie, really. Yes. Um, the movie itself is, uh, you know, a totally serviceable passable. I would say the word that came to mind for me after I saw it was beautiful. Okay. Like it's it's just like a very respectful um, portrait of Mamie Till. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually, the more I thought about it over the weekend, I was like, it, it was kind of like two movies trying to be one. Cause I think it works very well as, you know, just a mother with unimaginable grief, mm-hmm. you know? And I think one of the strongest parts of the movie are the second act after she finds out Emmett is dead. And then, you know, she demands an open casket and you see the mutilated body. It's very moving. Um, she's also a great crier. Give her the Oscar for best crier. <laughs> Definitely a great crier. Um, but then, you know, obviously it, this sounds so dumb to say because this obviously spurred her activism. But then I think like when it transitions into that and like in the third act and everything, when she meets like the NAACP and all these people, um, it, I think, you know, it, in the interest of also trying to like finish the movie or keep it within like a two hour runtime, actually it's like two hour and 10 minutes, but it, it hits very predictable beats. I would yeah. say and the the dialogue is not you know totally sharp and it's just like you know like what's coming which is fine because like you know a lot of I mean this is real life like you knew what happened <laughs> unless right. you've never heard of Emma Till before sure. um but it's it's still just kind of 
I, I think like her performance elevates the movie. Yeah. I, I left it. I, so I, I agree with a lot of that. I definitely did nothing changed my perspective on the, her performance. I had her in, I moved her in last after all the reviews. And then I was like, yes. And now I'm like, I actually think she could maybe win. I don't have her winning yet, but I have her in my top three in best actress. I think she's going to be a very formidable uh, contender in that category. The two things I thought of were a, it reminded me a lot of like a nineties inspirational uh, drama. Yes. It's like very, and I found that I was like, is that the most subversive part of the movie is that it's actually a very conventional mainstream, like studio movie from the nineties that is now released in 2022. Uh, and I I think, yes, I think it's like, I hate, I don't want to say it like, obviously it's about Emmett Till's uh, murder. And like you mentioned, like there's a lot of traumatic moments in the movie and it does shy away from the, there's no explicit violence, I would say, but obviously the aftermath of violence. You, you is don't very see the lynching, but you right. hear it. So it's like, you know, not not a not a breezy watch, but I would say at the same time, it is very watchable. Like at no point was I like, it's just is like it just reminded me of like such a mainstream studio drama, and it just hits right. Those and beats. even like the first act too, where it's just like setting up like what you know is gonna come. You know, he's gonna go down to Mississippi and he's gonna get brutally murdered. Right. Yeah, but it's uh, so, like all these things, like, you know, she's like warning him, like it's different down there. Right. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was like pretty interesting. And as like a what, like, I think one of the things, at least from the early stages of the reviews before I saw it was like people being like, I don't know who's, if you, you know, it's going to be tougher, uh, MGM and Orion and UA or at that conglomerate to get people to watch the movie. But I actually think it is really watchable, even though it's about a difficult subject matter. It's not like, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't see people turning it off no I, I, like I think, a screener you know i, I think I it's just think a matter so. of getting them to watch it but i i think they maybe could I, I don't know i just feel like it's like i think the response the word of mouth would be like actually it is pretty like it's not it's not as traumatizing as a watch as like i think maybe you would have expected you know like we were talking about like i think we mentioned this like last week is like uh, 12 years of slave or was like are people gonna watch this and like did people even watch it like that was like an ellen joke at the oscars and like this is not as uh it's definitely not as violent and not as traumatizing in its violence as that obviously so i i think people would watch it personally yeah I, it's not violent but i right. it, I, it it is still traumatizing i think you could still be triggered by it and i totally yeah. understand if you don't want to watch this movie too yeah um, the other thing i thought watching it was we were talking about like what are the other categories that she could maybe get a not like the movie he get a nomination in to help her as a winner and i was like a lot of the tech stuff i think is great like i thought the costumes are like gorgeous and the cinematography i think is like really strong and i could see those both like being pretty solid contenders and i think the costumes are like could i mean i'm like i doubt it would win because you're going to be up against like elaborate costume movies seemingly like Black Panther which had won previously or Woman Woman King or whatever it is but I was like the costumes are really great and the way they're photographed I think is gorgeous so I was like I definitely think you can get more than one nomination having watched it I don't think it's going to be like her lone nomination um yeah it it does it it looks pretty I would say yeah um I wouldn't predict it for either of those right now um I would say its best chance for a second nom is probably song. It has a song at the end. Yeah, it's a credit yeah, song. It's called Stand yes. Up, I believe, which is, which would be like the fourth nominee in like four years with the word stand and up in the title. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's just like inspo Mad Libs. 
if you're trying to get a yeah. Oscar nomination for original song. Yeah. Um, it's Jasmine and, Sullivan, I believe, right? Is that who yeah. you are? Um, and, you know, after seeing it, I would not rule out a Best Picture nomination either. I would I would say if it were still the sliding scale, I would say no, probably. Um, but because it is a hard 10 and then like the last at this point on October 12th, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, the last like two or three spots are pretty open. And if, you know, like, like she's really the selling point of this movie, Danielle. So if you're just, if people are just telling their friends and other voters, like just watch it for her um, and people check it out and they might be moved by her performance and the movie. And they can also, I, it's very easy to like the movie, I think. And yes. you can vote for it because it's also important. Right. So right now it's in the experts, it's 20th place. But I actually agree with you. I think it has like a much better shot of getting, like, so my best picture lineup, I think is probably similar to yours. And I have the the seemingly set seven with six of which we've seen and then Babylon. So mm-hmm. it's Fableman's Everything Everywhere, Banshees of Inisherin, Top Gun, Women Talking, Tar, and Babylon. And then I have Woman King, Glass Onion and Elvis to round out my 10. Those are also the top on the experts. So I'm pretty chalk on that front. But I I actually think that Till would have a very strong case for like an 11th or 12th spot right now. And that who knows if Woman King could go the distance because it's already seemingly out of sight, out of mind, even though it's done really well, I think. It's and still doing well. It's it's dropping. It has small drops. Every right. Week. And then Glass Onion, we'll see if that actually responds, if like the Academy responds to it and who knows. And Elvis, I think actually is like getting close to being set in there, I feel like as a Best Picture nominee. But I think Till would be a similar comp to Elvis where it has this incredible performance. And yeah, and they're actually both for very different reasons, broad appealing movies. Yes. And I I could see it really easily getting, not easily getting in, but I think, I think it'll have competition. And I mean, we were going to talk about this too. Like Brendan Fraser continues to get like, euphoric standing ovations for the whale the movie i still think is polarizing but that's from a critical perspective are people going to like also is the whale one of these two that could easily get a best picture nomination because of the you know the love for brendan fraser yeah i mean i have not seen the whale yet but it sounds similar to i guess till in a way where it's just kind of um very like empathetic and like broad appealing to people like it, it might make you cry I don't know did you cry at Till because you cried everything I did not cry at Till no I did was I was touched because I think like you said I think the movie I understand why it's like this because it's the real story I think the movie is at actually at its best when it's like her dealing with the grief of being a parent right, losing yeah. a child and that stuff's like really effective and then but sometimes it's also in competition with the activism which is maybe not you know it does as a movie I understand why it's like that but it's like, and her life was like that. So it's like, she can't actually pick and choose and the movie can't either. So I get that. But I was like, I was really affected by the the, uh, the parent stuff. I yeah, I feel like that. when it heads into the activism stuff, because I mean, you know, understand me, this is also when she's just like dipping her toes into it and she was kind of reluctant at first. Like right. there is more of a distance there. Well, it's also like you said, I almost was like, I wonder if there was a slightly longer version of it where it had more mm-hmm. stuff fleshed out. But then at the same time, I think the power of the movie is that it's watchable and it's the way it's constructed. And it's like very like, yeah, as someone who is uh, you're more allergic to running times than I am, certainly. But I like I'm, I'll pass out if I'm like bored with something. 
And I was not bored at all, like throughout. And I was like, oh, it's very watchable in that regard. I mean, so like, it's not something that it's like, yeah. Movie and then and you're also, chewing the popcorn, but it's like, it's a watchable movie. It keeps you engaged. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, I would hope most people know the verdicts of the trial. Um, but even if you don't, I think if, if you hear the buzz about her performance, um, her testimony in the courtroom scene beforehand, I think you would you would definitely want to stay awake for that. <laughs> you know, if, that if, seems, if, you're, if not if you're bored by it, I will like, say don't don't fall asleep before that scene. And that scene's great. And like you, I kind of like I'd heard about it, like it's like one shot and stuff, and mm -hmm. it's really really creatively done. I thought that was like a very interesting way to show that and the quickness of that scene. Again, it's like five minutes, and you get her her basically. Uh, it's not a spoiler because like you said it's like real life but it's her talking about history is not a spoiler the, the, the heart you know the defense talking or uh the prosecution talking about like her her son and, and having her talk about him and make him you know giving him a humanity on the witness stand and then the pro and then the defense attorney just like kind of tearing that down and it happens and like very quickly and she has to like pivot to through a lot of emotions and it's it's really really well done i'd actually love to hear i've not read a lot of interviews or like seen a lot about the production of the movie but i'd love to hear about that scene because i just think it's like so interesting and like how many takes they had to do of that and it's again she's so good in it i think that scene is like the highlight certainly that would to me that would be like her oscar clip i feel like he has a lot of oscar clips in the she movie. does have a lot though yeah <laughs> so so like a lot a lot of like it it's um and yeah, and we know, you know, emotion plays big. So, yes. so, so do you think, so let's ask this. So I was saying, like, I moved her up to third and I could easily see her winning. I think because we have, I still have Kate Blanchett, like we've talked about, Tar is an unbelievable performance from like a great actress and just an all-time thing. But it's not emotional like this is certainly. And mm -hmm. even Michelle Yeoh in Everything Everywhere, who I'd have in second, I think is going to be like a sentimental fave, certainly, and like a, veteran actress who does long deserves this kind of recognition finally getting it so danielle deadwire is a relative newcomer then by comparison but i mean i think her performance like i was thinking this morning is it like is the best actress race like last year then is Kate blanchett power of the dog and danielle deadwire coda and then in the end does that like help her win in the end because oh yeah totally because like, like that is the most emotional performance. Like I don't think anyone, I don't even think like the biggest tar head would disagree with that, right. you know? No. Um, tar, and is that what we're like calling the, us tar heads? Yes. Yeah, tar heads. Um, like of the top best actress contenders, Danielle's performance is by far the most um, overtly emotional. Yeah. Like you don't, there's, you don't need to look for any subtext in it. Um, like it's like she's crying her eyes are perpetually walled up in the movie <laughs> like even in the first act like she's always like on the verge of crying because she's like about to send her son to Mississippi right. and doesn't want to um, and and you know it, it'll hit people in the feels um, and I think the other um, contenders like Kate um, both Michelle's and Viola I think they're I, I love all those uh, performances and there it's very wide ranging and also emotional all of them too in very different ways but i think if you're just kind of looking for that mm -hmm. cathartic emotion um and that's what you vote on in similar way to coda then danielle is like the the obvious pick for that um and you know like i said last week with how kate and really now that i think about it like almost any one of these contenders this year 
probably could have won in the last three years, <laughs> you know, at least one time. In the last this is, years, this you know? is a loaded lineup. I feel like. Yeah. So like, I think like Danielle could have won last year. Um, Definitely. I think again, like we said last week, I think the, the issue for her is that Till is seemingly at this point in mid-October, a weaker film than these other films like Tar, Fableman's and everything everywhere, especially. Right. By comparison, I think, like we said, like those are three certain best picture nominees, it would yeah. seem at this stage. And Till is like, like we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, like I don't last think year, it's... if she were contending last year when none of the best actress nominees had their films on her best picture, right. she'd be completely fine if Till doesn't get a best picture nominee or right. nomination, you know. But it's also not off the table, I would say, that Till could get a best, you know, no, like we're yeah, saying. No, it's, it's definitely like, in play. It's not. It needs to fill out. Because I was actually thinking about this with like Ma Rainey when it was still a sliding mm-hmm. scale. Like they had two acting nominations, uh, a massive front runner for Chadwick Boseman and it won two craft awards and it still didn't make best picture right. because it was a sliding scale. So like it still yeah. if it would like Ma Rainey would have definitely gotten in on a 10, I think. Yeah. So I would think yeah. so. Um yeah. yeah, so the other yeah, so like you said before, you know, uh, Tar opened in limited mm-hmm. in four theaters in LA and New York. It made um, great uh, PTA. I think it was like 40,000 yes. PTA, right? It was like um, a pre-pandemic uh, release strategy and result. Yeah. Um, so again, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens when it goes wide on the 28th when um, more people see it because it's, you know, I, I don't agree that it's a cold film, but it's her, um, it, the, the movie doesn't handhold you. It doesn't provide a lot of answers. It leaves it up to the moviegoer yeah. to uh, formulate their own takes on it. Um, it's not very, you know, like spell things out for you. Like Till has a ton of postscripts about like what happens. <laughs> I, I actually, I, actually yeah. I mean, like, I'm not saying this to denigrate the general public because I am a, a proud member of the general public and I am very basic. Oh, no, like I know, like I'm I'm very basic. I would too. say that like most people, if they watch, if you're a regular moviegoer and you went and saw Tar and went and saw Till, I think you'd like Till more. I yes. do believe that because I think it is, like I said, it's like a mainstream studio movie and Tar is like a weird esoteric indie movie. And like that, I think would be the difference there. So I think people will see Till and be, you know, and be like, oh, it is really solid. And like, I enjoyed it. Oh, you're definitely going to cry. Like I was saying, like we, uh, in uh, the, there was a, the more art house movie in our town uh, near, near us was Manhasset's Theater, right? The, the three screen still there. Enjoy yeah, it. still there. Not close. Way to go. And uh, they played like art house movies and like, you know, like kind of like mainstream, like the full Monty would have played there, you know, like that kind of thing. And I'm like, Till would, would absolutely, it should be playing there and would do really well with that crowd. It feels like to me, like it's like going to be a movie that like people see and are like, oh, I mean, that till is really. Yeah, great. it's it's just it's very broad um, yeah. and broad appealing. Yeah, yeah, very broad appealing. And it's like sort of a history lesson, but not really. I mean, I would hope you, you don't like learn history from just movies. Like if, if you don't know anything about Emma Till and you see this movie, I would hope you do research afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that would be helpful. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but I I guess like the other thing is uh, with Kate Blanchett, I, you know, 
like who knows if she'll win or not in five months like that's a completely separate thing but it's not wrong to say right now that she's the front runner no um and the thing is like no one can agree on who her closest rival is like there are michelle stands for both of them and now danielle's on the come up you know like viola's a little more lower tier you know like four or five but yeah can agree on who her or like who the alternate is to her um yeah i think that's that's probably that's definitely a tricky thing like we've talked about with like from best picture perspective we've seen in the past like what is the alternate basically and how do you pick an alternate and like here it's the same kind of thing it's like there's going to be a lot of support for the michelles and viola and danielle and we'll see whatever else comes out, you know, like if Olivia Coleman pops, if Empire of Light has like a great resurgence or, you know, like relanding and Marco Robbie for Babylon. I will say like, you know, I think critics groups are definitely going to go with Kate Blanchett. I feel like, you know, I'm sure Michelle will yo in at least one of the major ones, like New York seemingly, though maybe not because Kate Blanchett is so like, the movie is very New York-y, I feel like. I don't like. know, you Who think knows? she's going to sleep again? Like, <laughs> But <laughs> I would say like, Danielle easily could win like I think Danielle will do very well in the regionals so the regionals certainly and I think like the televised shows I think she'll have a really a real strong shot I think she could win at the Globes easily I think like Critics Choice Awards honestly I could see even though it's the critics I could see Danielle like doing well because it's such a broad group and even SAG I think you could argue that she could compete there. SAG, I mean, like, I, I think I said this last week, like, it's a very SAG-friendly performance. So, like, <laughs> if she goes in, you know, like, again, it could be, like, to re- like last year, like, Jessica Chastain was the frontrunner, ended up, like, being the frontrunner because she just kept winning. And I'm like, if Danielle Deadweiler wins, like, a couple of major things, all of a sudden it's going to be like, well, Danielle Deadweiler is going to win. I mean, like, this sounds, like, stupid to say, but, like, obviously, like, it would help her to win something. Yes, I know what you mean though I don't I don't think it's stupid I mean I think it's like in a race usually like we're expecting Kate Blanchett to just like dominate right yeah like I'm saying like I don't think she can just like win the Oscar cold no no she can't win the Oscar cold but I do think like if she does win something and win something else yeah like like, the momentum seriously and then like is the the race changing and the narrative changing um I so. I got to say, I probably will end up as we're doing, I'm, I'm probably move her into second behind Kate ahead of Michelle Yeoh. I don't think, I think the Michelle Yeoh nomination feels like a absolutely nomination and not as much of a potential to win. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about her win chances, like even before Kate, cause I was thinking like, just like the, the genre-ness of the movie. Right. Like, I think that's the advantage that Danielle has over Michelle Yeoh. Right. Um, just because that's just like a, like a almost typical biopic, really, till and then everything everywhere. I, like that, I can see some like older members not watching or turning off. Yeah. Though like, we've seen anecdotally, they did an, I think they did an Academy event. This yeah, weekend. they've been doing, I mean, you know, props to them. They've, they've been yeah. campaigning, they did another screening and the cast was there and they... It was like a huge hit um, with everyone there. So it has a lot of, the movie has a lot of famous uh, fans. A lot of famous fans, a lot of acting fans, which I think will help yes. the actors get in. Certainly Michelle and, and uh, the, the the supporting cast as well. So I, I don't know. I, I Danielle, I could see, I think it's going to do really well. And I don't think, I, I by the time, watch me have like till like five predicted nominations by the end of this. I mean, like, sure. But like. I, I mean, yeah, I don't think there's not, really another acting play for it because it's really just 
about her, even though she's not in the first act that much because it focuses on um, him in Mississippi um, and his murder. Um, I thought uh, Jalen Hall plays Emmett Till, right? Is that right? And he was Um, great. I actually really liked that performance. It's like pure, uh, it's the most, the, it, I mean, I think obviously intentionally so. Just the, a very charm forward, very likable performance yeah, to make just, his death so much more uh, upsetting and hurtful, like, obviously. Just a, a, a child full of naivete and life. Um, and just so much life. And I think the structuring of the movie to have, to show that life, it kind of like really does make you know, travel through the entire movie. So you know what we're talking, like you, you're putting a personality on an, on the history lesson. And I think that's like, you know, I think people, like you said, like everyone has heard of Emmett Till, certainly hopefully before the movie and knows the story, I would imagine. Um, but when you're reading about it, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, seeing him at least present as presented in the film gives it obviously an added level of right and then there's also you know to this day there's disputed accounts about like what happened in the store sure you know so they they made a choice in the movie to go with the one they did yes um they kind of like i feel like based on like i'm not the choice i don't know if you know this i don't i'm not a great reader so but i've obviously heard you don't say no but i would say like a lot of it seems like they like uh it's a lot of this stuff, like they, the, the the events in the store and just everything is kind of like an aggregate of things that potentially happened, right? Would you say that's like mm-hmm. kind of yeah. like how they play it? And like they show his like, so like uh, the whistling obviously being a contentious thing, but like that maybe he was stuttering, right? Because he had a stutter and like the whistle was how he like helped com- combat that stutter. So they show him stuttering earlier, I think. And then later have, you know, the whistle. It's all stuff that it's like plausible that it could have happened or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But the result is the result, and we know he was brutally yeah. murdered. And I, I will say, it was not brought to justice. Um, during the the testimony scene, when uh, Haley Bennett plays uh, the woman Carolyn Bryant, who accused him, um, yes. you know, uh, and she gives a false testimony, which you know, it's, everyone knows really if, if you know the story. But um, like at this at the screening, the people in front of me they were gasping and saying no when she was on the stand saying that he assaulted her and everything it, and i was just wondering like did you not know this beforehand maybe uh I, it's or are you just like so into the movie that you can't believe she lied or did you expect the movie to change it i think something? you're hoping i honestly you're hoping like the thing the trick of the movie at least for me when i was watching is like oh man it's so you know what's gonna happen yeah like i know she's so, lie on the stand, it's so but... infuriating that it happens because she's such an asshole uh, in the movie, uh, in the mm-hmm. character, you know, and like, oh boy, it's just, it's it's very, it makes you very upset, I think, watching it. So I think maybe if they were infatuated by the movie and lost- I mean, I'm, I'm just hoping like they they knew that she lied. Right. Like, right. I, I hope this wasn't breaking news for them, that's right. all. <laughs> uh, Haley Bennett, interesting to be in the movie, I feel like, because she's like pretty famous and she doesn't have a lot. She's basically got like two scenes. It's like- It reminds me camera. of um, Alexander Skarsgård mm-hmm. doing Passing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting. Which, which he he just did as, as a favor, um, right. to Rebecca. So and so. And it's like she's great as this, uh, you know, in, in her performance. I think it's like really, uh, really good. It, it, it's a solid. I think people will like. I, I don't know. I was like, I definitely think people. I guess if people aren't going to give it a chance, they're not going to give it a chance. But I think if people watch it, they're going to tell other people they should watch it. 
it felt like yeah the word of mouth i think would be good not just from an audience like a box office perspective but i think from an awards perspective and a voter perspective if you're watching that movie you're going to be like that was a good movie you said, like patricia arquette i think you sent me that tweet was like uh, yeah just she, like she was just praising it the other day and i feel like more the more people who watch it are going to be like oh my god you got to watch it have you seen till like it feels like that kind of thing that could happen and if they do a good job getting the screeners out and getting you know people are not going to like buried well, at the bottom of the pile yeah like it is good that it's it opens this friday right um so it's it's good it's not a late release right. um so they should definitely get the screeners out especially the sag right um it's yeah like it's good it's not like a december thing like babylon or um i want to dance with somebody right you know and it's also like we said i think it's just very like I'm not saying this is a knock. I think like it is very much like a straightforward movie that you're not going to have to like, like you said, like tar leaves you doesn't really, yeah, you don't have to think a lot about it. Right. Like, it's just, and, it's, like and you this leave is a a feeling, really, you're going to connect to it emotionally. Yeah. Like you're going to leave it feeling righteous because yes. again, not a spoiler, but one of like the last like postscript thing they do is uh, they say, you know, that the Emmett Till anti-lynching act was yes. signed um, on right. March 27th, right. uh, 2022. So Shows you how uh, the the arc of history is slow, Joyce. Very, very slow. Yeah. Um, um just just like uh, changes in Oscar history too. So yes. Uh yeah, so maybe I'll put Till in for best picture. I guess that's the long and short of it is uh Till uh maybe is my 10th best picture nominee instead of Glass Onion. I don't know. I I don't even know. Uh okay. what can you do? So we mentioned the whale. I guess you want to like I that was my other like we I briefly talked about it, but I'm like another standing ovation for Brendan Fraser, like people like bowing at his feet at the London Film yeah. Festival. Yeah, London Film Festival is happening currently. And I guess the screening was yesterday. Yes. Um, but yeah, he got like a huge ovation. And there. so like, okay. again, he's like an ostensible front runner, certainly for best actor. Uh, I think most experts have him winning. Let me take a look here. Sorry. Just a lot of scrolling, Joyce. There's a lot of contenders that you could choose from if you're picking on gold derby uh just a ton but yeah 21 experts predict the nomination 15 predict a win uh not me i still have austin butler winning but um yeah brandon fraser does the whale i mean the whale could get a best I, we have not seen it it is interesting to me that they've shown that it played at tiff venice tiff london film festival does it come out oh, for I another think the, the, two the rollout um i mm -hmm sort of see the strategy there because it also still hasn't released a trailer because no um woman talking finally released a trailer this week yes too. but well still nothing for now um and it's i feel like it's kind of just doing the festival circuit and really dining out on not in a bad way on these like rapturous responses to brendan right you know mm -hmm. um and, it's and i like initially like last month um I was thinking like, I even before it premiered because like, you know, like he's been such a ostensible front runner before anyone saw him. Like as soon as he joined the, the movie, you know, people were like, oh, this could be like his Oscar ticket. Um, I thought like he could just be like, maybe just like a film Twitter internet thing where, you know, like we just love him online and that's where his support is, but it doesn't translate in the real world. But, you know, based on like these reactions everywhere across the globe now, like it, seems like he will have real world support yes you know and i guess then so like the reason i put elvis like you mentioned this so i'm like biting off of your 
your analysis, but I'm like Austin Butler. Elvis feels like a very strong Best Picture contender, so like Austin Butler winning would not surprise me because I think he could get a Best Picture nomination. He would get in for best. But is the whale also a Best Picture nominee? I guess. And then you're just like, I mean, it's definitely high up on our odds, so people are predicting it seemingly because like they're also predicting Brendan Fraser. Um, but maybe I, I don't know. I just felt like Elvis is the a, a huge spectacle movie so i feel like it would have a lot of people like in a lot of departments really appreciating it the whale is obviously much smaller takes place in one location uh adapted from a play i know that like matthew libet had shot the movie so i'm expecting it to be at least visually interesting but it's not as much of a broad tent technical achievement i would say probably but maybe it is well, and we also like it. you know the some of the reactions have been polarizing so far it's like sure um sort of similar to till but like the the reactions are more mixed than the reactions to till overall as a film but it's just kind of like about the central performance you know yeah i think till it feels like the reactions are either i love this movie it's great and or movie's totally fine and i think the whale is oh my god brendan fraser is amazing i love it or this movie is reprehensible like the polygon headline where it was like this is a crime against humanity or whatever because uh, of of brendan Mm -hmm. fraser doing this so i the it's it's definitely more polarized at least from a critical perspective who knows what the voters would think they might just be like i loved it it made me cry very sad yeah um so i mean i you know again like open slots at the bottom there so sure like so, if, it, if it takes off somehow if like you know the voters are into it or that you know they watch it for brendan right um, i like the only reason i have like austin in first is because i have elvis and best picture and we know the correlation between those two categories sure. even though this year best actor is weak <laughs> as hell and I mean, I think the history shows that they like those kind of Elvis performances. Certainly, Brendan Fraser is also doing a transformation, but I mean, the the singing and and playing a historical figure is a great way to win an Oscar, certainly. So, uh, and also Austin Butler's awesome, and Elvis is really entertaining. So, yeah, I think um, so. Because I, I could see both of them winning the Globe and the SAG. You know, mm-hmm. like if either of them wins, like not surprising at all but no. like with BAFTA with their uh, system now now it's a you know top three it used to be two and now it's three because you know you know we remember what happened with Best Actress last year their lineup yeah zero for six so that's great top three and then um the jury picks the other three right so I can see Austin Butler not making BAFTA um, if he's not in the top three Same. because I think if Brent I, like I think Brendan will be top three but I think even if he's not top three, he would be a jury pick. Right. And Austin Butler wouldn't make it. And then maybe that like gives Brendan an edge overall. I yeah, could, especially I mean, if he's already won. Uh, uh, well, SAG is after the BAFTAs this year. So especially if he's already won like the Globe and Critics' Choice. And like Austin Butler, while not a newcomer, like we've discussed, is a relative newcomer to a lot of people because they're in a box. Yeah. They don't know anything. Yeah, they don't watch the Carrie Diaries. So, so. so it's like, he is like again he it, it, you know compared to daniel like if you compare best actor and actress if it's like if austin butler is the daniel deadweiler of that race and then brendan fraser would be also the daniel deadweiler but also with like the backstory of like a cape lanchette somehow because he's like more known and, you know and also I mean? like the the comeback narrative although that hasn't really worked out for some people like michael keaton and and even you know make you work in another aronofsky right. film now so. i think the difference is brendan fraser Certainly with Mickey Rourke, Mickey Rourke, maybe not, for, not a personality wise, not for everyone's taste. No, no. And Brendan Fraser is like 
very much everyone's taste. Like the nicest man. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Like I, like I've said, I should just list best actor alphabetically. (laughs) So let me ask you this about best picture. Like we've said, just talking about this thinking of the whale and till as possibilities. And plus like still haven't seen, she said opens up this week at the New York film festival premieres finally. So is that a possibility? An avatar still coming and black Panther still coming and glass onion. Maybe Uh, what if like, I am very bullish on Top Gun. Does Top Gun just not get nominated? Is there a world where, I mean, everyone seemingly, a lot of experts have it in, mostly, almost all of them. So it's not like a foreign idea that it would get nominated, but what if it's actually not, what if we're overestimating Top Gun and it's actually not locked in here? I guess. And does Um, that leave room for like the whale and Till to get in basically together? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, that's an interesting combo to knock Top Gun out and I don't know if they would both knock it out that way you know what I mean (laughs) I just I feel like too many people watched and loved Top Gun yes it definitely is Um, the most people I've talked to just generally who are like it's the best I loved it I I just worry that people will be like like anytime I mention it to like right like I guess there, people are conditioned to not expect a movie like Top Gun to get a Best Picture nomination. Sure. But anytime people at like real people, the real people, Joyce, I talked to like one or two of them. Uh, when they're like, what do you think will get in? Or what was your favorite? I'm like, Top Gun. And they're like, oh, really? It's like, there's a surprise that it would even be considered. And it seems like I'm a, a lunatic on the street for suggesting it. Now, we know that's not true. But I'm like, what if more people, like, like what if the Academy's just like, Oh, I'm I'm not even thinking of Top Gun. You know, I think they will because of like you said, all the craftsmanship and people do love the movie and everyone saw it, but maybe not. I don't know. I would be a, a, um, similar to like you know Till and like the Whale. Like I would be more worried about it if it wasn't a hard ten. Like we're right. having a hard time filling out the ten. So That's like true. sure it could get That's knocked true. out by Avatar and Black Panther, like two other sequels. Um, but, you know, this is the one I have the most data points on right now. Like, mm-hmm. it made a ton of money. Right. Everyone loves it. It'll probably get a handful of other nominations. There are still right. people predicting Tom Cruise for Best Actor. This guy, I still got him in. I can't find a fifth actor, Joyce. No, I think I, I just, I know. I was like, what if I just, like, have four and, like, not pick a fifth one right the now? The fifth like, one, I, I mean, have... I'm still, get, I'm like, I'm hoping that he'll start getting momentum. But uh, Gabriel Lavelle for... For Fablemans, let's I, I, go. I think he's too young, but I, is, yeah, I but... still have, I still have Hugh Jackman in there, which I don't think is happening. But I'm like, I don't know who else to put in there. <laughs> and like, even like Bill Nye, I'm not locked in on, I guess, because I'm like, I feel like Sony does a great, Sony Classics does a great job of slowly rolling their movies out and living. I think obviously had great reviews at at Sundance, went through Telluride, and I think was it venice too is that right or was it another festival i saw it at telluride and it was like i really it's loved going it to a lot of festivals um, and i think it, yeah so i'm like hopefully he gets it and like i said i mean he's absolutely engaging and gregarious and contagiously uh, I, I think he's fine i think so I hopefully think he's, he gets probably, in but he's, he's like fourth for he's me. fourth for sure but i'm just like man who knows like it's just very it's a, it's a pretty i mean who what what is the top five right now the top five right now Joyce, as i keep scrolling uh just so much scrolling. This is just really great stuff. Uh, I still going. Brendan Fraser, Colin Farrell are locked in here. Austin Butler, Bill Nye, and Hugh Jackman, followed by Tom Cruise, Kelvin Harrison Jr., who is now not eligible because the movie comes out next year. Uh, 
which they announced yesterday. Yes. Adam Sandler for Hustle. Adam's on the campaign trail, Joyce. He was doing a little gold men. I saw him do another interview. He's just all, he's doing it. He's, he's making a play for it. Good for him. He's great. Hustle this is, rules. This, you know, he's coming for the makeup nom for Uncut Gems. So. I mean, Hustle is a really great movie. I, we never talked about it. I just loved it. It's like absolutely peak me. Just like, it, it's like a more dramatic version of the Albert Brooks movie, The Scout with Brendan Fraser, I believe. Do you remember that movie? Uh, uh, and man, Adam Sandler is so good at it. And it just is like, a, just a right down the middle sports drama. Uh, I found his performance really engaging and just like, man, I love Adam Sandler. I, I don't think he has any chance of getting nominated, at least like, but you know, if, if there was a year for him to get in, it's this one, <laughs> but why not? I mean, I think it's good that they were like pushing him. I think he did an event in LA with Henry Winkler, uh, for like a, a Academy members. And obviously, like I said, doing interviews and stuff. It's great. Jeremy Pope is in ninth for the inspection that closes New York film festival next week. And then Timothy Chalamet for bones and all in 10th. Um, other people here, like, uh, uh, did you say Diego Cava? He's not in the top 10 for the experts. The 11 was Song Kang Ho. 12 is Paul Mescal for uh, After Sun, which is a great performance and a really small I feel like that's that just going to be loves. too small. I mean, that could that's an easy BAFTA nomination, I feel like. Though. Yeah, for sure. Like a definite jury pick. And sure. like, it's like you said, it's such a thin year in Best Actor or at least a wide, an open year, let's say. Because I mean, we're up to like throw up 13. These are like great performances. But I'm like, he could get, I, I would not be totally shocked if he got in. It's an A24 movie. So I think people are going to at least know it exists. He is great in the movie. It's like a great performance. Uh, very small um, movie though. Yeah, but I just feel like it's, I mean, we know A24's priority is everything everywhere. And, and the whale. probably the inspection. <laughs> and the whale. They have the yeah. whale too. So uh, Gabriel LaBelle in 13th, Christian Bale in 14th, Diego Calva in 15th. This is among the experts. And then somebody named Will Smith, in 16th for emancipation so an expert one expert is predicting will smith gets a nomination um you know sure so it's like why <laughs> it is wide open basically so i guess any of these people could get in and fill out the ballot and i think you know colin farrell to me feels like the michelle yo of this category where it's like an easy nomination to predict and i don't think he'll win yeah i would love for him to win, but I don't so think good in the movie. He'll win. Um, uh, yeah, I was I was just trying to think right now of like when was the last time Best Actor was this week, and I think it was the last uh, Oscars playback we did. I was thinking that last one in Scotland, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it was Forrest Whitaker. Solo, he's the last person to win Best Actor as just a solo nom for his film. Yes. Um, Which could be Brendan Fraser, frankly. I mean, I think it'll get makeup and probably like could get adapted screenplay, but yes. Um, and then like Ryan Gosling and Peter O'Toole and Will Smith were solo noms for their films. And then Leo was in Blood Diamond when he should have been nominated for The Departed. <laughs> it's a very, uh, that's a soft year. Uh, so a lot of yeah, great performances. I mean, that, that was also back when it was a field of five in Best Picture. So obviously, like fewer chances to correlate with Best Picture, but still, it's like a lot of solo noms that year. Um, right. I don't think there'll be that many this year in terms of solo noms, but uh, probably less correlation than Best Actress with Best Picture. Mm -hmm. 
So it's kind of like, it's funny to think how we look, how differently we look at those two categories because, you know, obviously Hollywood's run by men. They just care about men's stories and everything. Yes. I don't know if you know this, but yes. that, that's what it's like there. Um, yeah, most best picture winners are led by men. And then, mm-hmm. so then we just have that link between those like best picture and best actor. So even though like we were saying, like there's all these great performances like Paul Mescal and these like tiny movies um, or like Jeremy Pilbin, like Inspection and they're getting great reviews and everything, but like they, it feels like they don't have a chance because we kind of look to the strength of the movie to help us gauge how strong the performer is too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but if we don't do the same with best actors, like best actors, like look at last year, like they can overcome weak movies because that's just right. how historically Oscar voters, majority men in the Academy have voted. Like, you know, they prefer men's stories and most Oscar films are led by men. <laughs> right. This is a great transition, Joyce, because we were also going to talk about women talking. Uh, I, I, I teed it up just for that. You did. So. Uh, uh, the, but uh, ironically, uh, oh no, Rooney's in lead now, right? I was going to say ironically, no lead performance, but I think Rooney's. I think they've, I don't know if they've officially decided that, right? But I mean, like, I think she is lead. Yeah. Uh, Women Talking premiered at the New York Film Festival this week. Another round of uh, good responses to the movie. The trailer also premiered after the stills premiered on Letterboxd, Joyce, which uh, is really uh, coming And in. then the first thing, I, like, I sent you those stills and then I was like, did they just brighten these? for the photos like which which like like studios do all the time like for shows and movies they just brighten the sills or did they actually go back and change the color grading after all the criticism and then the trailer dropped like two days later and it's like no it's still the same right uh (laughs) you just brighten the photos there's i feel like there's still a large amount of men online men online joyce uh, uh who are not happy with this movie seemingly it's the same type of men who are not happy with woman king and who are not happy with uh any movie that seemingly has uh women in in the in the title or just about women they're still not happy with women talking but anyone i've talked to is like it's really good so uh i still think it's a very strong contender um yeah i mean i talked to a man the other day who loved it he saw it at new york film festival yeah and he loved it so um yeah, like the trailer, I think, you know, like half the criticism was, again, about the cinematography. Um, yeah. It and, does feel like, again, like I said, it didn't bother me at all. And yeah, then, I think, like, I just got used to it, but I, I I, do get why people are bothered by it. It's certainly a talking point. And, yes. like, even uh, my, my my wife, who is uh, author choice, right, wrote a book about Bring It On. I don't know if I talked about this. Coming out in December. Oh, really? Oh, tell me more. Pre-order it. Yeah, it's great. She saw it at New York Film Festival, and uh, she did not appreciate, she, she thought it was really good. The things she said as, like, were, uh, she did notice the cinematography, not not a total fan of desaturation. But she also is, like, it's a very heavy movie and not one you're going to, like, run to rewatch. Which I wonder if that's, like, like yeah. we talked about with the Fablemans, if as like a oh man, I can't wait to watch that again. It's just very watchable. Women talking is like a very good movie that I have no interest in like running to rewatch immediately. No, that doesn't. I would mean say you might want to read the book after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I agree. I don't know if I'm like rushing to rewatch it either. Um, but it's it's very good. Like I liked it a it's lot. It's great. I, yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. It's one of those movies that's like, oh man, this is great. Like I would like, 
it's not like it, as it's like a movie like Gravity was in like I'm not comparing it to Gravity in the sense of its like technicality, but Gravity was a movie I saw and I was like, hell yeah, Gravity ruled. Love that. And don't really need to see it again. You know, I have not seen Gravity since it came out because so. I'm like, I saw it in like Nine the years. perfect venue and like the theater was great and everything was cool. And it's like, this is awesome. And it's like a trick movie. So you're like, got the trick. Doesn't make mm-hmm. the movie any worse or better. Uh, just great movie. Great experience. When we're talking, I thought of like that because I'm like, I liked it a lot. And I think it is like there is a trick layer to it because of the way she structures it and just like kind of like tells this story, I think, and like the fable aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I'm like not running to rewatch it. Maybe that doesn't matter. Movies don't need to be rewatchable, but I would say like, if you look at last year, power of the dog was a movie that I don't think was as rewatchable as Coda. And I think, or as, you know, although I've only seen Coda once and I rewatched power of the dog because I wanted to see it with, uh, captions. Cause I couldn't hear some of the dialogue sure. when I saw it. it was I watched, I watched them both twice, power of the dog and Coda and, power of the dog on second viewing i was a little bored and coda i was like still good because it's a watchable movie but i don't it doesn't i'm not saying like women talking is going to be a power of the dog or whatever i just i was like i just found that interesting i'm like it is not a super rewatchable movie but it is a great movie and i think a lot i think of like you- if you rewatch the movie you would do it for the performances and like the the crafts sure um, and i think the performance like I don't have a winning SAG, but I do think it could win SAG Ensemble. It It's a great uh, ensemble nominee slash winner anywhere. It really would be great. I mean, like they're an unbelievable group and they work so well together that it's like, it would be hard. It's hard to pick one out. And that's why I'm like, I think Claire Foy and Jesse Buckley both stand a very strong chance of getting Oscar nominations, but I would be hard pressed to see how either one of them win over the other one because i think they're pretty even i prefer claire foy you prefer jesse buckley i think that would be like kind of common that people are going to have specific people they maybe prefer over the other one but I yeah like consensus like, would really have to form around one of them because that's usually how you right. beat a co-star if and i don't know if there would be a consensus so i'm just like but as an ensemble nominee, I think it should really, because I mean, you talk, it's like a, you talk about a deep bench. It's like obviously Claire Foy and Jesse Buckley and Rooney Mara have gotten the headlines. Judith Ivey, like a legendary actress. But I mean, like a lot, most, a lot of people I've talked to like love uh, Sheila McCarthy, who is really- Oh, I loved her. She was great. Yeah. She's unbelievable in the movie. It's like a great performance. She's relatively unknown, a Canadian, a, a Canadian actress. I knew her from Die Hard 2, Joyce. She played the reporter in Die Hard 2 who's looking for a scoop from John McClane. She's got to get that scoop. You know, if, if she's not an Academy member already, that'll be one of the two credits. Uh, they'll have next to her name once they invite her. <laughs> I would love it. I'm like way in. So I was like, someone like that, all the, the young actors are really incredible and they're like all relative newcomers. Again, Sarah Polly, like, is just such a wizard with the cast. So I feel like it could easily get, I mean, I have it getting in like all these places. So it's not like a leap to say it's going to get nominated, but I'm like, I can see winning SAG ensemble and being like a very strong best picture contender that doesn't um, win best picture. I think I have everything everywhere winning ensemble. I think I have everything everywhere winning ensemble also, but I could see women talking winning. Yeah. It. So tell me if you thought this was funny about the trailer. Yes. Um, they basically put the entirety of Frances McDormand's performance in there. Yes. <laughs> um, one thing. Another thing, uh, Ben Whishaw, MIA completely. And I'm just wondering like if this is kind of a 
the the path they're going to take with this movie because obviously you know as we've talked about he's like the not all men representation in the movie and do they just not and I don't think he's been to any of the the premieres or festivals either um like he wasn't at New York Film Festival when when they did like their um premiere and Q&A and stuff and neither was Jesse Buckley either although she like barely campaigned for the Lost Daughter last year either and she got in um but I'm just wondering like are they just gonna downplay Ben Whishaw because they don't like it's it like optically you like you don't want like the guy to like be like the one like being nominated and winning and like maybe all these other women like canceling each other out you know I mean I do wonder sometimes I wonder like how much the this is why I'm like loath to be like I'm gonna tweet immediately after seeing the movie I never do that no I know I know and I'm like like, I, cause I think of it like it premiered at Telluride. I did two things after, like, I watched it at Telluride, like, li- really knew nothing of, I knew about it just based on like what it was, but like, didn't obviously know trailers at that point. I think there was the one still image of them just sitting there. That so everyone watch- was forced to use for like two months until right. they released So it's like, that's all you know. You sit there, you watch the movie. And I was like, I knew the broad strokes of the story because obviously it's based on a book and I had like researched the book because I don't read, Joyce. I just do my, do my research. You went on Wikipedia, uh, yeah. Yeah, Wikipedia, you know, it. yeah, it's a great, great service. Um, and then I was like captivated by the movie. I thought it was like really good. Uh, and I enjoyed a lot of the performances and like you're watching it, thinking of it like from that perspective and then just know some movie. And then after the movie, everybody stands outside and is like yapping about whatever happened. And it's like the two narratives were that the, the visuals were bad, even though I don't, I didn't think that at all. It's like, oh, really? And like, everyone was like, oh yeah, everyone, like, okay. And then like, the cast is incredible, but is Ben Wishaw going to be like the lone nominee because he's the only man and like, you know, it'll be easier for him to get nominated over like the three or four women who could get nominated for supporting actress. And so I wonder, like you said, like, did they, are, are they intentionally like avoiding that by being like, actually, we're not even going to like, you could watch the movie and see Ben Wishaw in it and he's quite good, but like, we're not going to like make that as like any part of the, the early push for Right. It. Like they just want to focus on the right. woman. Um, right. and Sarah basically too right. um, and then also like the cynical part of me is just like because of the complaints about the cinematography which I'm sure will just get exacerbated once the movie is released in December I'm like are the like the 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 people men um, who are already like predisposed to like not like in the movie are they going to use that as an excuse to like not nominate Sarah yes I'm nominate? worried about I was worried about that yeah Certainly was worried about that. I, I, that's why earlier, uh, you recall like maybe three or four of these ago, I took her, I had taken her out because I was. I mean, like I, I did too. And that was before I even saw the movie. (laughs) I've since put her back in. in. I put her back Um, in too, but I'm like nervous that I wonder if that'll be like a, oh, well, because I mean, I've seen like, to be honest, we've seen like, I don't think the visuals are very, I don't think it's bad. I think it's just a choice. That was the choice. You might not like the choice, but it's still there are a lot of nice, beautiful shots in the movie. And it's like, well... Yeah, like, like and it's not, you know, again, the other, the other knock on it, which is a complete fallacy, is that, like, it's just, like, a stagey, a yes, play in the barn. And like, it's not at all. Not no, at all. So no. many scenes, not in the barn. <laughs> no, but I'm like, I do worry that I'm like, are people... You're right. Like, are people going to use it as, like, a cheap demerit and be like, oh, it looked crappy, so I didn't, like, vote for it. I really hope... Yeah. I'm like... It's like, I could not watch it, so I can't nominate it for director. I'm not going to... I'm going to hope not. I, I, I hope that people can understand, like, the... I just yeah, think I'm like hoping really... like because the, the the director branch is is still like the most highbrow. Yes, really. I mean, it's still a boys' club, but it's it's right. there. You know, like we'll we'll probably have another you know uh, foreign language nominee or non English 
language nominee, maybe. Maybe. Um, so, you know, these are the people who did not nominate Aaron Sorkin for the Trial of Chicago 7. Sure. So, um, yeah, so I'm hoping like that doesn't happen, but I just can still see that because I can still just see the reaction to the look of the movie getting worse in December. Yeah, it's definitely like the talking point and you're going to have like a lot of smug people being like, I told you it looked bad, not good. But it's a good, it's a really good movie. And like, imagine think- the, the anonymous ballots in March. Oh my God, I've done, I'm, I'm already girding my loins. I don't want to, <laughs> I can't. Um, so that's Women Talking, Joyce. Uh, we'll talk about a lot more. It comes out December 2nd and then Christmas Day in the wider release. All of these movies, I'm just like, I'm so curious to see if anybody sees them. We saw like, obviously Bros bombed. We didn't really talk about it. And then Amsterdam this weekend also bombed. People don't want to see movies. It's certainly, or they're not, they've been conditioned to not see like non- IP movies somewhat or non like genre movies and so like when these movies are coming out like Tar you mentioned as like a wider release is Tar I mean I'd have a hard time imagining Tar grossing more than Bros in its wide release opening weekend but well, it would be a completely flop, different but... films because Bros was a Universal Studios like a studio film right it's not a studio film like I understand that at all but I'm just like who's seeing these movies I guess I don't know I'm like, well I think curious. the thing with Tar because I was thinking about this in relation to Power of the Dog because I know like inevitably people made that comparison especially if the industry has a colder reception to it I mean I know Power of the Dog got 12 nominations but it was probably like runner-up in like everything except director yeah you know um, but that was also, you know, the criticism of it was like, it's cold and people don't understand it and blah, blah, blah. I don't know how you don't get the ending, but whatever. <laughs> um, uh, and, but I think one of um, the disadvantages for Pair of the Dog last year was that it was on Netflix, which is like, you know, that has the widest reach, like very broad appealing audience base. And the people who would pay to see Pair of the Dog in a theater, um, or, or I should say like the, the people a lot of the people who watch Netflix would not pay to see Power of the Dog in the theater. You know, like, I think, like, the people who, who paid to see Tar this weekend in its four theaters, um, you know, they want to see it. Like, yes. I don't think, like, your average Netflix audience is going out to see Tar right, right now, you know? Well, we and, and even currently, you're seeing that with, like, the, a movie like Blonde uh, came mm-hmm. out, was, like, a very popular pick the first day, and then now has just disappeared, basically, from Netflix, that no one's really watching it, because they don't want like you're right like it's not like it's an arty movie about marilyn monroe uh if people put that on within five minutes they might just turn it off because they're yeah like the people who will pay to see these movies they want to see it it's whereas like you can find anything on netflix like you finish i don't know watching ozark or something and then like you're recommended like blonde and you check it out and like you hate it (laughs) you know um yeah the other thing i would say the one difference i would say and the reason i don't think tar will fall to the power of the dog uh the fate of power of the dog is that tar is is very entertaining and funny it's it's a dark funny but it's funny and power of the dog i didn't think was as as uh entertaining do you think um they will realize slash like or care be offended that like they're they're being mocked basically like no the object the object of satire Joyce doesn't have to get the satire. It's the White Lotus again. It's the yeah. White Lotus again. Yes. All the people who were mocked by White Lotus loved White Lotus. And uh, I think Tar, very similarly, I think you'll see people responding. I think there will be people who like find the- Or, or they'll just be like, that's not me. Like, I know people like that, but that's I think not there'll me. be a few things. I think there'll be, that's not me. 
I'm like, I'm better than this canceled uh, composer. I think there will be people who really respond to her and take seriously her uh, reverence for the work. Like at the end of the movie, when she is canceled, uh, this is a spoiler, I guess. So if you're watching this and like, you know, whatever, I'm not going to spoil the whole movie, but like, I, she, I mean, is it a spoiler if she gets canceled? I don't even know. I don't, I don't think so. No, because that's like, it's like, it's part of, it's like, it's been in reviews on stuff. So. Right. So yeah. like at the end of the movie, when she is in the process of being canceled, there's a scene where she like reconnects with her things that inspired her as an early, a young composer, which is Leonard Bernstein. And like, I think I took that as like an LOL because it's so phony, but I think, I think other people might watch it and maybe this is how he meant it as like a, oh man, like, you know, going back to what made the work really, like going back to your roots is like, somewhat tragic and heartening you know and like even if you're not canceled if you're like a very famous actor or filmmaker at the top of their field who is like got into this business because you were just a kid in like your attic reading magazines or watching old movies and never could have imagined the heights you would have gotten to there is some kind of like tragic melancholy nostalgia of like thinking back to you like reconnecting with the work instead of being like here's another 10 million dollar movie that i just made you know that kind of thing so i think some people might actually watch it and be like man i feel like it's like a tragedy like and like oh i'm like heartened by that like to think about reconnecting with the work and then other yeah, people and like, also it's not like for a lot of people like in the arts and the industry is not a straight path to success like, right most so, people there are a lot of, a lot of more downs than ups Really, right. and I think, and then have an up and then experience like a huge yeah. down. Yeah, so it doesn't have to be like in in the movie. Yeah. It's like obviously problematic, canceled, uh, cancelable uh, relationships and and misconduct. But it could also just be like you had a bad a movie flop. You know that kind. Of, it's like I think it would connect broadly to people in the industry. So I don't think I I do think Tara will do really well, and I still think she's obviously like you said like the front runner. But I think Daniel Debweiler is 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 coming on strong. Have you already moved her to second? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it right now. A- anything else, Joyce? Here, what else we were going to talk? I forget. Was there anything else? We're going. She um, said comes out this week. Or, I know. Uh, yeah, we can. can we'll, we'll do. She said next week. I guess. She said, and you're going to see. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see Armageddon time next week. Yeah, your favorite. Love Armageddon time, which is also as, after this. We're, we're, as we're talking, I think it premieres tonight at the New York Film Festival. We're doing this on a Wednesday, so it'll have already premiered again at the New York Film Festival. Um, good movie can't wait can't wait to talk about it uh and, and then so then you'll eventually move jeremy strong to number one well no but i have him in fifth right now <laughs> still got him in going for it with jeremy love it so much uh i'm putting teal in best picture too while i'm doing this and there it is the face that joyce has made is perfect this, this is just, just like, what always it. happens we just talk in circles about nothing really <laughs> yeah and then just like end up and then you just <laughs> inevitably predict whatever we just talked about <laughs> yeah of course that's how it works uh yeah and that's it i guess i got not, nothing else so uh <laughs> i guess we'll be back next week with uh more armageddon time like you said joyce uh well this was fun i'll talk to you later <laughs> for all things hollywood competition and award season head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at gold derby Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.